Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wow. What a Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open. And boy, do we want to hear from you today. 601-879-4395. Ceasefire is introducing the new Connect and Protect plan. The phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. Just $30 a month with auto pay. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspired. I think even Brian Haydad would agree that today is a day to talk about conference realignment because something actually happened. It wasn't just the what if, oh, maybe these presidents are talking, these boards are meeting. Stuff has happened today. Even you're on board with it, right? You may not like it, but you're on board with it. Sometimes you just have to eat, you know? And whatever they serve you, that's what you're going to eat that day. So let's let's just do it. Are you feeling like it's a poo sandwich that you're having to eat today? <laughs> a little bit, little not bit not like as big that. a one as the, not as big a one as the fans of Washington State and Oregon State are going to have to eat. But yes, mm. definitely. Yeah, uh, what a day! Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Will East in again for Michael Borky, who has the day off. We are glad to be with you. So. What a uh, what a day for the national college football reporters. Because I felt like they took us and they were taken on a roller coaster ride of epic proportions. Uh, hey, I don't know if you guys heard, but Justin Timberlake just issued a statement to the uh, Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear about that? Oh. Yeah, he said this. No, please not. He said this. I don't know why he said this, but he said it. Maybe bye, bye, bye. There we go. Uh, there we go. Hey, the the big news today is Mississippi State started fall camp. <laughs> they did. Right? Tell they us did. all about it. I was hey, there. We, uh, we actually will hear. We from... beat the rain by about five minutes. Good timing. Good yeah. timing. Might have actually been a little cooler than uh, it could have been otherwise. Yeah, that was. front was blowing through. Uh, no, we'll hear from Zach Arnett coming up in, in a little while. I almost feel like you've got to rewind to late last night. Because late last night, it felt like the the brakes were being slammed 
on everything. And then you got, got more reporting of that, that the Big Ten had cooled on the idea of Oregon and Washington. Arizona was um, set to sign a grant of rights agreement with the, uh, with the Pac-12, their current home, soon to be their previous home. Oregon and Washington appeared to be on former, board former home. with signing a grant of rights agreement, and it looked like the Pac-12 was going to survive. I don't know how George Kliavkov felt when he went to bed last night. My guess is, though, based on the information that we were getting, now he may have had very different information, but it sounds like everybody went to sleep last night thinking, okay, we got to get to the finish line, but we are in a much better place. And I can't help but wonder if when George Kliavkov got home last night, he poured himself a stiff drink, and he sat down, and he just exhaled and was like, oh, disaster averted. And then we know that this morning the Pac-12 had a call, a Zoom call that was scheduled. But prior to the start of that Zoom call, Oregon and Washington had reengaged in conversations with the Big Ten and the position that Oregon and Washington appeared to be in last night, in which they were content to stay put and sign the grant of rights agreement with the Pac-12, they came onto the call this morning and expressed reservations and said, we're going to have to get a lot more money than what's in the Apple deal. And so everybody in the Pac-12 just kind of threw up their hands and the call ended, and nobody agreed to sign the agreement. And then things warmed back up between the Big Ten and Oregon and Washington, things really heat up as the Big 12 um, ADs last night agreed to accept an invitation from Arizona. And this morning, Arizona, or maybe it was last night, I lose track of when it happened, Arizona submitted a request to be admitted to the Big 12. And while that hasn't formally happened yet, that is expected to happen tonight, apparently on another call. And also the Big Ten is supposed to officially accept Oregon and Washington tonight on a call, and that vote is expected to be unanimous. What have I left out? A partridge in a pear tree? I mean, when I woke up this morning, I woke up, and the first tweet I see see is from Brett McMurphy saying, looks like the Pac-12 has worked it out, going to stay together. Let's stay together. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Maybe I can get through the day. But then, and it, literally, they, 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 this phone call, it feels like, you know, you bought the ring, you were ready to propose, all indications were she was going to say yes. I don't know why I keep making marriage analogies. But they didn't. They're like, ah, nay. <laughs> On second no. thought. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of messy around the house, and you don't do dishes. Yeah, and so and so that happens, and and now now we we are at a point now where one of the greatest conferences in college football. I talked about this yesterday. Loaded with great rivalries, loaded with historic players, Heisman Trophy winners, national champions. It's going to go the way of the dodo. It's it's out. It's done. It it doesn't exist anymore. And you know, I saw a uh, 
a, t- a tweet from somebody last night. I think it was John Weber or Jim Weber. And I'm, I'm, I forgive me, Jim. I don't know exactly what it is you do. I know you're a college football reporter, but you know, who you work for, I'm, I'm, I apologize. But he had, it was a message board post or something from a Washington State fan. It was just like, this sucks. It's like, I've been a Washington State fan my whole life. I can't pick another team. I can't, I can't just up and change teams in the middle of, of, of the road here. And my team is about to get left behind, even though we have passionate fans and a great tradition and we, we, we've had, you know, we've spent the money on college athletics that people thought we were going to spend. And, you know, we, we, we would promise this and we're not going to get it. And now we're just left behind. And Oregon State fans are feeling that and Stanford and Cal might be feeling that. And, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Arizona schools? Who knows what's going to happen with Utah? These are these are great college football programs, and they're they they've just been sort of confined to the dustbin of humanity of of history here. So it's really tough. It's really tough right now on the uh, you know for especially for someone like me. You know, I know Richard is super excited, right? This is this is the, the business of college football. This is what really you know yeah, gets his jollies going. But for me, the, the guy who just wants to watch the games and enjoy them. You know, I like having better games, and I don't think that this makes better games. And and it's all done under the guise of, of whatever, but you didn't make any student-athlete's life better today. Some poor women's basketball player in Oregon is going to be gearing up for a trip to Rutgers next year on a Wednesday night. A cross-country flight in the middle of the week and then have to come back. You didn't make anybody's life any easier. You put more money in other people's pockets, but that's it. And I don't know that this is a, at least initially, a net gain for Oregon and Washington because of the added expense and travel. Because of what you, it's, it's, I mean, okay, right. So football is the headline grabber. Yes. I mean, ho- football grabs all the headlines. But now Washington baseball has got to make trips to Ohio State and Maryland. That's a long trip from Seattle to College Park, Maryland. It's a long trip from Eugene, Oregon. And then vice versa. Those other schools have got to go all back, all the way back across the country as well. So I, I went back and looked, and, and I think the tweet that you were talking about from Brett McMurphy six hours ago, so that would have been at 9.15 this morning. At last minute, Pac-12 may stay together and sign grant of rights. After Monday's media rights offer, Pac-12 held multiple Zoom meetings this week. Arizona's Bobby Robbins appeared fully committed to the Pac-12 so much that one participant said, if Arizona leaves, he should win an Oscar. Well, get that man a statue because they're headed, <laughs> they're headed east. Play, what a play the Oscar music, Will. Yeah. Oh, Dude, I'm telling you right now, some of these old clips of, of Larry Scott and George Kliakoff, I think is how you pronounce it, they are high comedy right now, man. These guys were completely snowed and completely ignorant of how college football was going to play out four or five years down the road. The Pac-12 leadership had no vision whatsoever. None. To see this coming. I loved Matt Hayes' tweet today. He's at Matt Hayes CFB. He uh, he tweeted a picture from Jerry from Seinfeld with a cigar in his mouth as, somebody, as Elaine's counting out money and had, uh, uh, handing it to him. He's just sitting there nodding his head, and it said SEC currently. 
Florida State, not to be outdone in the news today. How in the world would they afford to get out of the ACC? Well, perhaps we have at least part of the answer. That and pink sheets with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Friday afternoon, trying to kind of make sense of... Do you realize how different next year's college football is going to look? So, so, so when it yeah. came to OU in Texas, that news broke two years ago, right? It was two years ago this past July. So we're in July of 2021 at SEC Media Days. Yep. And it's going to be August of 24, and that's actually a year early when Texas Mm -hmm. and Oklahoma begin play in the SEC. Mm -hmm. But these moves that we've seen in the last few days, last couple of weeks, they're on, like, warp speed transition. Colorado will play in the Big 12 next year. Yeah. Oregon and Washington Oregon are going to play in the Big 10 next year. Arizona it looks if like you have a Big 10 Big schedule next year. And Big 10 has already released its schedules for next year. Tear them up. They don't exist. They got to completely redo everything for this new 18 team mega conference. Before we get into It literally State, spans though. coast to coast. It literally spans coast to coast from Rutgers to to the, to the West Coast. Yeah, so so Rutgers is in Piscataway, New Jersey. It's mm-hmm. 20, I gotta 20 know. minutes. What? You got to know what? I got to know how far it is from Piscataway to Seattle. Hey, Piscataway is 2,851 miles. It is a 3,000-mile trip. Yeah. How about from College Park, Maryland, 40. to Eugene, Oregon? Okay. While you're doing the math. College. Okay. College Park, Maryland. MD. To U- Eugene. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know if you did the state abbreviation. Uh, about the same. 2,819 miles. Wow. It's a 42 hour drive by car. Fire up those So you RVs. put them on the bus. You got a Wednesday game and you want to put them on the bus. They're leaving Sunday. Does the SEC feel good right now? They've got to, right? Because if nothing else, Oklahoma to South Carolina isn't that ridiculous a trip. Texas to South Carolina, Texas to Gainesville, it's not that ridiculous a trip. I mean, this isn't this isn't a conference that they that these people are in. This is something different. This is this is not the same thing. Well, and 
the, the footprint of the SEC, and, and people have laughed about this along the way, but for the people at the league office, being in contiguous states has been important to them. The, the, yeah. the footprint of the SEC. Now, is Texas a long way from Florida? Is Texas a long way from South Carolina or Missouri and Oklahoma? A long way from uh, you know Kentucky or Alabama? Sure, yeah. sure, they're a long way. But all of the states ultimately touch each other. Yeah. In, in this scenario, you've LSU's got like a long nine way from states. South Carolina. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um. So not only. Not, not only do we have the, the shuffle of who's in what conference next year, because Colorado's made the move back to the Big 12, looks like Arizona's going to make the move to the Big 12. I don't see how Utah and Arizona State don't also make the move to the Big 12. I mean, it just doesn't even make sense to think that they wouldn't at this point. Then, so, so that's your new Big 12. The Big 10 is from sea to shining sea. The SEC is where it is. The ACC hates the situation that it's in. And you have four remaining teams in the Pac-12, assuming Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all make the move to the Big 12. You have four teams left, Cal and Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. And I don't know if you saw it in, Which, in some of the stories that were out there. I think it was in Pete Thamel's story. I think they're all kind of running together a little bit. But the idea of, well, we'll bring some teams from the Mountain West over to the Pac-12. No, there's a problem with that. There's a $35 million exit fee for teams to leave the Mountain West. Now, there's no exit fee for the Pac-12 going to the Mountain West. So, are we in a spot where it is gonna... more likely... Mm-hmm. The Cal and Stanford and Oregon State and Washington State join. Leave the pact. The, yeah. Yes. They, they join the Mountain West. Well, look, if you're on an ocean liner and it sinks and I come by in a rowboat, you got two options get in the rowboat or sink. I think at this point the rowboat is preferable. It feels to me like Stanford's going independent. I don't see Stanford joining the Mountain West Conference. There, there's two, and, and look, I know we laugh sometimes at the mix of academics and athletics, and I, I guess Cal's yeah. kind of in the same boat, and, but I don't think they're as strong a I'll brand say, as Stanford. Cal and Stanford. Cal might be the the most prestigious public university, and I know people are going to hear that and think about left-wing politics. I get it, but for for doctors and lawyers, a, a Cal degree means a lot, and Stanford is the same way. That's a That's a private university. That's two of the most prestigious universities in the country. They may just be out there floating by themselves. I mean, you almost think it might make their their best move might be just why don't they drop down and become, join the Ivy League? Would you just eliminate football or play Ivy League football at Sanford? Yeah, I would. You know, dominate it for a few years until everything catches up with itself. Doesn't it feel like? I mean, th- think about this. Stanford in a conference with Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico State, San Diego State, San Jose State, UNLV, Utah State, and Wyoming. Oh. I mean, sure, but what is that? What is that conference? Am I staying up for Mountain West after dark? I don't know. Doesn't quite I guess because I'm a, I'm a sicko, but yeah, I mean, Oregon State and Washington State 
making the move to the Mountain West. Sure. Feels like it makes a lot of sense. Fine. I mean, Oregon State, Boise State, Washington State, that's a good little setup there. You've still got the California schools. Yeah. Great. Stanford and Cal stick out in that like a sore thumb to me. They, they do. They do. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's this Florida State story. And, and I know I alluded to it a second ago. I, I saw your tweet today. You, you made me laugh. So Florida State had the... I was wondering... I, I, I'm glad enough people got that. It's a very niche tweet that I made. You got it, though. Will, Will and I were talking about it during the break. All right, so Florida State wants to exit the ACC. And their board members were adamant about it on a, a board call the other day. Um, you, you did have a quote from Book Oregon, the uh, the athletics director. No, that's is that right? See it? No, no, no. Bubba Bubba Cunningham is the AD at North Carolina. Excuse me, at North Carolina, and he said Florida State saying all the stuff they're saying is not good for the league, and he's right about it. it it's not good for the he's league. Right about that. Florida State doesn't give a crap about the ACC anymore. They have made that abundantly clear. But you kept looking at this and going, it's going to cost them so much money to get out. There's a story at Sportico, which is a, a sports business website, sportico.com. They were like in the, like, that's where you could go to read all about all of the contracts that existed in the past. You could kind of search the, the money that people had made playing sports through the years, and they have evolved into like a sports news website. In that story, they say that there's a $120 million exit fee to get out of the ACC. That's the exit fee. That's not the grant of rights. So if Florida State wants to exit the ACC, they're going to have to pay an exit fee to leave, and they're going to have to negotiate a payment to buy back their rights from the ACC so that that can come out of the television deal. And it's a complicated deal. And you go, how are they going to come up with three, four, five hundred million dollars, whatever the number is, to get out of the ACC? Well, maybe we've got the answer. According to the article at Sportico, Florida State is working with J.P. Morgan Chase to explore how the school's athletic department could raise capital from institutional funds such as private equity. Sixth Street is a private equity giant and is in advanced talks to lead a possible investment, said people who were granted anonymity because the specifics are private. Institutional money we have seen pour into professional sports in the recent years from the NBA and global soccer to Formula One and golf, but this would break new ground by entering into the multi-billion-dollar world of college athletics departments. The, the thing about private equity is they expect a return on their investment. They are not your, a not-for-profit like return, college athletics is. Your return on a mere six thousand dollar investment would be upwards of sixty thousand dollars. The name of the game is moving the money from the client's pocket to your pocket. Your pocket, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be making ACC picks on the pink sheets next year. I can't wait. We will uh, we will continue this afternoon to try to sort some of this out, talk about it. We'll get Woo! your reaction. But coming up next, it's actually fun. From... It's yeah. fun. But it'll be fun to hear from Zach Arnett, too, right? Always fun. Let's do that next. Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
to Sports Talk Mississippi on this Friday afternoon. Mississippi State began fall camp today. We had Ole Miss and Southern Miss get started on Wednesday, so they've got a couple of practices in the books already. Bulldogs hit the field today for the first time as Mississippi State marches towards September 2nd and opening day. Zach Arnett met with the media in Starkville. There were no lawnmowers, no blowers, no trucks in the background. I don't know if that was because they're of the inside. Or if this is a yes. permanent setup? No. But, uh, yeah, well, okay. The audio quality is good today. Here was Zach Arnett taking questions from reporters after practice today. Just your impressions of your first day out there. Most first days, right? You think, you think you've made a lot of uh, gains because of the walkthroughs they've allowed now, you know, a certain number of hours you get during a week over the course of summer and and you're, you're never as far along as you want to be. So uh, it's good to, it's good to get out there and start coaching football again. And obviously the season's right around the corner. we got a long way to go. Your design of skiing the practice to go in the morning practices, with that weather in mind or classes or things like that? Well, I'm going to take credit. We just got off the field with lightning right now. So, yeah, I think it was a good idea to get it in the morning. But, no, yeah, I mean, I was, last year we got sent inside Palmero quite a few times, and it's just it's frustrating as a coach having to break your practice up and transition because afternoon storms. So, Hoping, uh, hopefully this schedule will be beneficial to us. Obviously it's the first day, and, and like you said, it was a typical first day, but on the offensive side of the ball, how much attention did you see from the older guys carrying over from the spring? I mean, coming off the field and not, not having uh, had the benefit of watching film, you know, I mean, I think we have a general understanding of the schemes, inside zone, outside zone, the play actions off of it. Uh, properly targeting the looks that the defense gives and how that affects your technique, I would guess we, you know, we'd like to be further along with that. Uh, some of that might be because what we do defensively changes some things from maybe more traditional looks. But uh, that's why it's a good thing they don't they don't limit your hours in training camp time, right? You're not, when school starts, you're 20 hours a week, max four hours a day. It's a good thing training camp. You're unlimited time. We need every every second of it. What's it like to have a veteran like Jet Johnson back at practice? It's better than the alternative. Yeah, him, him and Buki back, kind of leading the defense. That's that's good. We got to get everyone else around him playing like veterans. You're uh, made a decision to go back to the South Farm. That's kind of a legendary place here at Mississippi State. What, what was kind of the thought process behind having some practices out there? Yeah, you know, obviously uh, had an opportunity to talk to a lot of former players. Uh, you know, over the last eight months, and it's, it's interesting when you hear former players talk about what they what they remember most. And they never seem to talk about the light, easy days, right? You always remember, you're always most proud of those grueling, tough camp days that you had to get through, and that's kind of how you forge and mold the team. And so uh, South Farm has been a big part of that here in the history of this school, and I think it's kind of a rite of passage. It should be required of every player to come through this program. Is there anyone specifically on offense that you're hoping makes uh, the most sizable jump of anyone else on the unit in terms of kind of improvement and production for what you're hoping to see? I think we got 51 or two guys on the roster right now. You know, you bring 110 to 15 to camp, so I can rip off all 52 names if you want. But uh, <laughs> but we all need to get better. Both sides of the ball, every unit, everyone needs to improve. We're not even close to ready to play a football game right now. You said at media days that there was somewhat of an open competition in the secondary. We saw DeCarlos make a couple plays late in, in practice. What did you just see from him, you know, from transition from the spring into this first practice? I mean, you know, the reason we recruited him, why he was so highly recruited out of junior college, obviously – for a cornerback to have his speed, his length, you know, that, that should help you in coverage. There's a lot more to the game of football and playing corner than just just covering guys on deep bells, right? you got to be able to cloud up, be physical, show up in a run game. 
And so he's got all the ability, and obviously it's an open competition, like you said. I know Cole Smith has come along center for you. Just what, what do you like about him? What is he giving you? Yeah, Cole, I mean, Cole's a football player, right? You kind of to play interior offensive line, you kind of have got to have some grittiness to you, some toughness and nasty, and he kind of he kind of shows that. Uh, we got several guys who do, and so he's doing a nice job. It's always dangerous to judge a freshman after just one day, a short day. But Isaac Smith looks like a kid who's ready to play right now. I agree with you. It's way too it's way too early to judge a freshman <laughs> after the first day. What kind of excites you the most about uh, this offense? You know, because you talked about Barbe when you brought him in, the fact that he's going to use the personnel the best way to help the football team win. Is there anything else that overly kind of excites you about this offense as you all work towards getting ready for the season? Not until we put pads on. I can't answer that. I mean, this is not football, right? I mean, obviously, uh, report day, all you do is talk. Head coach gives a speech. Both coordinators give speeches. Their side of the ball is all you do is talk. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. And it's all just a bunch of empty words, right? And the first two days are kind of the same thing. You're going over assignments. You're talking about fundamentals. But obviously, we don't have pads on, right? No one's hitting. Uh, I mean, we had some ball security issues today that have to obviously have to get eliminated. Nothing excites me about anything we do. Not just offense, defense, special. Nothing excitement excites me until we actually start seeing guys play actual football. Right? And that's not just that's not trying to sound like some tough coach speak or whatever. It's just the truth. I mean, it's just the truth. This is not football. So we got we get pads on and we get into it. Then we got to find out who football players are. This is, I believe it's acclimatization period. Right? We're getting the players actually ready for football. That's the spirit of these first six days. You got uh, an, an older offensive line anyway, but you, Cam Jones had offseason surgery or had postseason surgery after getting hurt and, and missed all the spring, but he's back now. How much does that help with the offensive line getting getting that leadership and experience back? Getting Cam back? Yeah, I think I I think Cam has started or played in something like thirty something career games. I mean that that experience obviously is huge, right? I mean there ain't nothing like having a battle-tested guy who knows the physical strain that you're going to encounter week in and week out in this league. So, yes, to get that experience back is an added boost to our offensive line, no doubt. How do you instill toughness? So you talk about going to the South Farm and kind of putting the pads on. But, you know, I know you want to recruit toughness, but when you get a guy that maybe needs to be refined a little bit, how do you do that? Uh, I think other players have a lot better way of accomplishing it than coaches, right? I mean, we can script practice. We can come up with drills. And, and periods to do, but simply put, uh, if you don't have, if they're not going up against other tough football players, you're not going to improve your toughness in your football team, right? So we got some tough guys in this program. School always has. We need those guys to set the standard and bring along the guys who aren't yet to the standard. It's always going to be a lot more beneficial if the players are leading that charge than if coaches are, and you're going to get a lot more return on your investment that way. All right, that was Zach Arnett after the first practice today for Mississippi State. I I felt like there was a level of honesty there with the next-to-last answer. He's like, hey, are you excited about he And he's like, I'm not excited about anything. This isn't football. Right. And, and you could hear the sarcasm dripping from his voice when he said, I think we call this an acclimatization period so that we can get ready to go play football. I actually have a, a legitimate question, I think, from that. Have we gotten to the point where we no longer need this? Given the fact that they are able to work guys out throughout the summer, they come in in better shape than they've ever been, are we just wasting time for coaches and players 
for you are required to have two days in helmets and shorts, and then you are required to have two days in helmets and shoulder pads, but no other pads. Yeah, I mean, and there's some player safety issues. You don't want to be full pads the whole, especially it's, it's when it's hot. But at the same time, I see what you're saying. I mean, I get what you're saying, that these guys have been working out the whole summer long. Now, they haven't been doing, okay, let's, let's be, you know, they haven't been doing organized drills under the watchful eye of their position coaches and their coordinators and their head coach. Yeah, I but mean, they've you're been allowed out there, some I mean, of that now, though. You're allowed, a, a, you know, a little bit of that. But for the most part, you know, if Will Rogers is leading the offensive drills, an experienced quarterback like that, th- those drills are just as good as a, as a coach. And the players are going to hold themselves to the same kind of standards. At least that's what you hope. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I I think Arnett would be happy with, and, and you know, I think Will Hall too. No he, doubt. You know, he said something similar. We, he said something similar when we had his audio. I, I think that was Wednesday, where he's just like, you know, "This isn't football. You know, we're just out here, kind of working. You know, but it's not. It's not. It's not you don't know anything until that until that first pad starts popping." I actually give Zach Arnett really high marks. He stood there and he answered all the questions. But if you could see, if you were watching on, well, you didn't see that on Super Talk TV. You saw some highlights. If you were watching on YouTube the, the replay of his post-practice press conference, you could see in his face, while while there was a smile there and he was answering and he didn't cut anybody's head off or, or anything like that, you could tell say, what a freaking waste of time this is. Don't ask me about how the new center looks on the offensive line. Don't ask me about how a first-year corner looks. He's like, we didn't do anything today. Um, but he, a, he did what he was supposed to It's almost like the first day is, is like, I feel like you're just looking at everybody's energy level. Are they out there? Are they excited to be at practice? Are they excited to be back to work? Or are they already lagging? Because if they're already lagging, what are they going to be like in a week or two? That's not somebody you can rely on probably when the season comes. So day one in the books for Mississippi State, and they'll do teamwork and film study and film review and position group meetings and all of those things tonight. Then they'll go in shorts again tomorrow, and then they'll transition to shoulder pads and helmets for a couple of days, and then practice will really get going. Do you like the return to the to the South Farm? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm an older guy. I'm a little old school. Get out there and, and really get after it. That's what South Farm is all about. Sports Talk Mississippi. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We've got more coming up with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Thanks for being with us. And then there were two. So, I don't know if you watched the Hall of Fame. Did you stay to the end of the Hall of Fame game last night? I I only watched uh, the end. I did not catch any of the first three quarters. I turned it on 
and the lights had gone out. Brian Haydad is suffering the same issue right now. The power has gone out in Starkville. Uh, no, no, uh, I don't know what the the issue is. Heat related? Who knows? You, you were trying to decide whether not to make a joke right there. Well, you know, sometimes mm. Richard, you have to make these decisions. But yes. Uh, NFL returned last night, and not that exciting. No, no Aaron Rodgers, no Deshaun Watson. I mean, should we break down the stats? A 21-16 win for Cleveland <laughs> over the New York Jets in the uh, the Hall of Fame But it, game it last was night. tackle football. That's the whole point. Is the, It's the first tackle football that we have, right? You know, the, the only thing that's – and granted, I did not watch the entire game. I just – Kids running all over the place, trying to get everybody to bed, picked up, fed, all the things that, that had to happen. So I wasn't able to sit down and watch it. But I did I did turn it on for the, the fourth quarter. And the one thing that, that stood out to me was that Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, who was quarterback at UCLA for Chip Kelly uh, a year ago, has been the quarterback there for the last four years, he looked pretty good. The, the touchdown pass that he made was good. His pocket awareness was pretty good. Um he finished 8 of 11 for 82 yards with the touchdown. Kellen Mond, uh, obviously Deshaun Watson is the, the quarterback for, for the Browns. He did not play last night. Kellen Mond, the former Texas A&M quarterback, threw for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, for the Jets, I mean, Zach Wilson, who has gone from starter to considerable backup. Yeah. Played early, didn't play a whole lot. Then they went with Tim Boyle and Chris Streveler. You ever heard of Chris Streveler before? I've never heard of Chris Streveler before. Me either. Where did he play, play at? Uh, South Dakota. He's in his third season in oh, the NFL. Well. And I mean, maybe there's a there's there's a reminder that guys come from anywhere. I mean, he he played last year in a game. He had nine yards passing and one interception, <laughs> and yet he's still hanging around. Oh, yeah. Got a little got a little action in the preseason last night though. Uh, but but so many more questions to uh, to be answered. And, and no Elijah Moore, right? Because Elijah Moore was with the Jets and then got traded to the Browns, correct? And I don't think he made an appearance last night. I don't think he did. Um, yeah, was not at all happy um, and is with the Browns now and has had a, a good camp so far. But, yeah, didn't uh, didn't. At least didn't record a stat in that game last night that I can uh, can I see, I can see. So preseason games start this week, but you got to wait six more days. You get the the Texans and the Patriots on Thursday, and the Vikings and the Seahawks, and then on Friday. I'm, just, I'm not going to read the entire schedule to you. I'm just not going to do it because you, you'll watch what you want to for your team. I, I will tell you that the first time that you will have the Saints is Sunday afternoon at noon central on NFL Network when they host the Chiefs in the Superdome. And, yes, there is a line on that game if you are a complete and total degenerate. <laughs> Who's betting on preseason NFL? You are you are desperate if you're doing that. I mean, the Saints are a one-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 38 <laughs> in their opening preseason game against the Chiefs next Sunday afternoon. First time you get to see the Cowboys is on Saturday afternoon when they host the Jaguars. Jacksonville, by the way, two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. But look, the, the, the whole preseason thing has changed, right? Because we've gone from four preseason games to three preseason games. And it's like, okay, how are teams going to do it? 
They're not going to play their starters for the most part in their first preseason game, maybe a series. Do they use week two as the week where you're going to ramp guys up a little bit and play them some? Or do you wait till week three for that? It's, you know, different coaches have different philosophies. And it's changed over the years. You know, 20 years ago, they would play the starters, at least in the, Mm -hmm. you know, first quarter or so. And, you know, after injuries and all this kind of stuff, they've gotten away from that in the past couple of years. Hmm. Yeah. And it was what? I mean, like, if you want to rewind a decade, you might have your starters play a series or two in the first preseason game, and then they might play most of the first quarter in the second preseason game, and then most of the first half in the third, and then the fourth preseason game you wouldn't see the starters. It would be, okay, guys that they're trying to make final decisions on, who's going to be on the roster, you know, who's going to be on the practice squad, who's getting cut, and that they would use that time. But it's, it's altogether different now. What we do have to look forward to is September 7th. That's the opening night of the NFL Lions at Chiefs. And then on that opening weekend when the um, Saints start things off with a noon game against the Titans, if you want to see the Cowboys, you'll have to uh, wait a little longer. They are the evening kickoff on the road against the New York Giants. Just go full-on NFC East rivalry game on the opening night of, uh, of Sunday Night Football. And if you want to see Aaron Rodgers, first time you'll see him this year is on Monday night, September 11th, Bills at Jets. I mean, how about playing an NFL game on September 11th in New York? I know technically Pretty it's big. in New Jersey, but still, that'll be that'll be a show. All right, one hour in the books, 4 o'clock hour coming up. Don't forget we got a food Friday in the 5 o'clock hour. Always look forward to that, a college football fix and a conversation with Luke Johnson, who covers the Saints. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Power is back on in Starkville. Hey, Dad is currently like touching loose wires together to try to reconnect the phone line and pull the string <laughs> and the can back out of the closet. He thought he was going to be off of work for the remainder of the day. It appears as if that is not going to be the case. So we will uh, re- reconnect with uh, the elder statesman Brian Haydad. Uh, so can I can elder, I put his can I put his his elder. picture up? Sure. That so when his video disconnected, his video just froze. And here it is uh, for your enjoyment. This is the look on his face when oh there we are. That's great. Oh that's that's his new profile pic in my phone. There you go. That is uh, that is fantastic. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can play both of them. Fantastic uh, condition right now. I mean, just ideal growing conditions over the last month for uh, for golf courses. Your yard may be a little crispy. Probably put a little more water on golf courses than uh, than we put on our yards uh, so they should be in great shape right now. You can book your tee time online at uh, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. 
Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Check them out and learn more online at cspire.com slash business. Um, right after we went off the air yesterday, I didn't see it until right when we went off the air, there was a story that popped onto ESPN.com that grabbed my attention. And I think this is, well, let's just lay it out. It's something that we've talked about before and have suggested before. And now you have a major college football coach saying, you know what, I agree with the guys on Sports Talk Mississippi. Didn't know that Brian Kelly down in Baton Rouge was a regular listener to the show, but apparently he is. LSU has a new, more transparent injury reporting policy that Brian Kelly described as a proactive response to the proliferation of legalized sports betting. This being announced the same week that Iowa State's got a quarterback that is involved in a betting scandal and Iowa's got a punter who's involved in a betting scandal in the um, you know the aftermath of the Alabama betting scandal in baseball and some suspensions that have happened in different places. Here's what Brian Kelly said about it. I'm not saying that happened. I'm not saying that would happen. I think it's better to be proactive in those situations and take away even the temptation to even have that in this building and not be that next school that goes down that path. And that was in response to a question about a concern of the specter of gamblers hounding football staffs for insider information. So Kelly has been more forthcoming than most coaches about injuries when asked by the media, but he said that he wanted a more consistent policy going forward. Quote, I thought it was important, given the nature of what's going on today, out there, relative to reporting and gaming. We wanted to make sure that we were transparent with injuries, not putting any pressure on anybody here to guess who's in, who's out for a given game. So LSU's injury reports will be released twice during game week, and they will look similar to NFL injury reports. He said, when we get to Saturday, if somebody is doubtful, we'll give you available or unavailable. Brian Kelly and his staff have already discussed that no one should have a gaming app on their phone, period. He's like, I don't care if you're using it or not. It shouldn't even be on your phone. And he pointed to the fact that there are geolocators on phones, on those gaming apps, so they can tell where people are, when they place bets. He said there shouldn't be any of those apps on any of our players' phones or anyone in this building. He was asked about, well, are you not giving the opponent a strategic advantage? This might be my favorite answer of the entire thing. He downplayed the possibility and said, it's overrated. I can't Hmm. tell you how many times we didn't know a particular quarterback was playing. you got to adjust on the fly. So... I think it's much ado about nothing, and I think we angst over the littlest things that don't really affect the game and make too much of it. I don't want to be in a situation where it causes something to the point where somebody loses their job 
or loses eligibility, I mean, that's a bigger issue than, well, we got a tactical advantage today because we found out he was playing. What are we talking about? (laughs) Brian Haydad rejoins the conversation. So, you know the conversation that we had a while back about reporting injuries in college athletics with the proliferation of legalized sports betting? Brian Kelly has come out and said LSU is going to NFL-style injury reports. All right, good. Hope that's a trendsetter. And and I was telling Will just saying, my favorite line in the entire story was he was asked about a tactical disadvantage by releasing these, mm-hmm. and he said that whole idea is overrated. I'll read the quote one more time since you missed it. I can't tell you how many times we didn't know a particular quarterback was playing. you got to adjust on the fly. I think it's much ado about nothing and we angst over the littlest things that don't really affect the game and make too much of it. Tell that to Dan Mullen. Tell ah, it to Lane well. Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, Lane Kiffin ah, we don't too. talk about injuries. Huh? <laughs> I, I mean, don't have Lane a Kiffin, Kiffin impression to throw in here. He, he was asked about, what, Kamari Franklin mm-hmm. not being at practice on Wednesday? And his response Zachary was... Franklin. I'm sorry, Zakari. Kamari Franklin's still a high school player that everybody wants, right? Yes. 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 Close Franklin. enough, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and he's like, look, it's the first day. I'll remind you of the rules. We don't talk about injuries. So that's all I've got. That was his response to the question. Should have done a musical number. We don't talk about injuries. <laughs> and truth of the matter is, maybe you still don't give injury information out during camp. But once LSU yeah. gets to game week, he said they were going to release two injury reports a week on game weeks. Uh, an early one, and then a game day injury report. And if there's somebody that is doubtful in that game day injury report, they will either say a player is available or unavailable, period. Yeah. Which is a, something the NFL's had in place since, what, the 60s? I mean, they've been doing that time. for forever. Long time. And if you long violate time. that, if you come anywhere near, you know, a guy's questionable and he actually plays they'll fine you pretty heavily yeah you can get away with questionable maybe playing you got to upgrade him before the start of the game yeah. doubtful that plays would be a problem mm-hmm. they would not they would not take that kindly yeah so and i mean even sorry guy, about that by the way the i can't control the electricity here and you know i don't have those kind of powers is it storming there Knew you were worthless. It, it was earlier. It's, it's not now, but you know, a little, did you trip little, over a cord? I don't know. It, I'm just sitting here. Well, I know you're not moving a whole lot. I mean, that's obvious. I was. I'm sitting here. I was with some buddies earlier today when that storm rolled through Oxford, and mm-hmm. it looked for a little while like it was just going to skirt north of us, and then the front kind of changed directions or grew or whatever, and. We were sitting there talking, kind of sitting under a carport, and it was one of those, whoa, that's a big light flash, boom! Like, it happened almost simultaneously. There's a guy I know that had a tree that got struck in his front yard, and it was, mm, as the crow flies, three, four hundred yards from where we were sitting. Close. The weather here is is fine. I don't know. I don't know what caused that power outage. I got a kick out of seeing my face of me looking up at, at the as it flickered. And I was like, <laughs> "Is that?" And then 
that's when that's when it goes, you know, and so that's the last image I have there is the frozen of me looking up going, <laughs> you know. So. Will East said that was a really stupid look you had on your face, yeah. and so he put it back up on the screen for a while. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I I was sitting here, as you know, uh, I'm here in, in my studio across the way there's Bill Thurlow, who's uh, over there on, uh, I guess, on 96.1 right now. And he, he, he saw that, he's like, well, there's a meme. And I was like, yeah. Oh, if I oh, know anything it, about Will East, it gonna be a meme. And Richard is guilty of this too because when he turns the the camera off at night after the show ends, it freezes yeah. right there of, of the last yeah. image of him turning it off. And I have a whole collection of images of him, oh, wow. you know, oh, like looking at the camera going, you know, looking for the power button or whatever. Maybe maybe from How'd here on. Again? How'd that go again, Will? Do that face one more time. <laughs> Maybe end of the day when I like hit the uh, exit button, I need to be like, yeah, you need to, you know, yeah. <laughs> smile Give it or a, something, yeah, something, yeah. Big news in and around the New Orleans Saints today. Bad news, but not nearly as bad as it could have been. We'll talk with Luke Johnson, who covers the Saints for the Advocate, about that coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Let's uh, head south of where we are and get an update from Saints training camp. Luke Johnson joins us, covers the Saints, and uh, always is kind with his time. Luke, obviously the news that is dominating today is uh, the fact that there is now resolution with Alvin Kamara. Um, Three-game suspension Obviously, that's not great news for the Saints, but it feels like it could have been worse. Is there relief in and around the Saints camp now that this is just kind of over? Oh, I'm sure there is. Um, yeah, and I mean, like I remember talking to you guys last year going into the season, wondering like maybe maybe you might be facing something like six or eight games, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they got a full season out of them with no suspension and then um, you know, the suspension this year is, is I, I think, pretty manageable. Um, it, three games is, is, is good. Um, and I think they're well positioned at the beginning of the season in particular when, you know, they're presumably going to be healthy at the running back position, right? Um, yeah, I think they're well positioned to, to withstand three games. But Alvin Kamara is a special player, and I think he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back year. Um, but you know, Jamal Williams is a, a pretty good player in his own right, and I think he's having a pretty good camp. And I really, really like what they've got in the rookie, Kendra Miller. I think they're going to be able to um, to be all right offensively uh, and, and kind of hold water until he's back. I feel like we all kind of got introduced to Kendra Miller a year ago because of what TCU did and that run they made. And then obviously he's not available for the championship game, but he flashed, and it looked special. You never know exactly how that's going to translate to the NFL. Sometimes it translates well, sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, given the first three games of the year, um, Titans, Panthers, Packers, in, in the first three weeks, if one of the games, if they lose one or two of these games, 
Are you going to be able to point to it and go, well, you know, if Alvin Kamara had been there, or based on what you're saying, is is that not going to be a, a reasonable excuse? Um, I, you know, you just you just don't know. You don't know until you see the games play out. But I, I, I do think that um, that they'll be okay there. You know, it's not like they're they're going to be trotting out, um, you know, undrafted free agents like the, the guys they're they're going to be rotating in and out of there last year or in and out of there in those first three games are you know fourth round pick who I think a lot of guys were really high on and probably would have gone higher if not for the knee injury he suffered in his last college game in Kendrick Miller. And then the other guy led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year, ran for a thousand yards with Detroit while he was in the timeshare with DeAndre Swift. Um, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, they're not look. I, I really love Mark Ingram. I, I, I really enjoyed my time covering him, but you know, it's not like they're ro- rolling out like 33 year old Mark Ingram. Yeah. To hopefully pick up the slack, right? I mean, they've got some dudes, and Kendra Miller is—he's—he's he's not going to be able to replicate what AK does in the passing game. I don't think Jamal Williams either, um, but he is an explosive player. Um, we're, we're getting our first real glimpse of him at training camp, and he's got some things he needs to work on. Um, but man, I, when he finds a crease, he hits it hard, and and he goes. And I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see him play. Um, who knows what his role is going to look like when Alvin returns? You know, it might it might be a guy who touches the ball maybe five times a game, six times a game. Uh, maybe he's maybe he's more. Uh, you know, but I, I think he has a chance to to do some really really cool things in this offense, especially if this offense plays the way we're kind of expecting him to, where uh, they're going to be a physical run oriented team. You know, that, that takes some shots in the passing game. Uh, I think I think he can be really special. Pretty uh, pretty good opportunity for a rookie that might not have gotten the same opportunity earlier if this situation hadn't played out the way that it did. How how much of an effect do you think that the meeting that uh, Alvin Kamara had with the commissioner earlier in the week had on the ultimate decision of three games? Or do you think that decision had already been made and that was just kind of a formality? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it had a huge effect. Like, I, I don't know if Chris Lamons went up there, the Colts defensive back, who's part of the same incident. And he got the same suspension as Alvin Kamara. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe not. Maybe it did. You know, maybe he was going to get four games and it was going to get moved down to three. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, but, you know, if if you can base uh, what we heard from Alvin today, which seemed like a very genuine mea culpa, right? Uh, he was very honest and candid and contrite. Um, if he was that same person with Roger Goodell, which I'm assuming he is because Alvin is, is not the kind of person who's like you know, like two faced or whatever. He's, he is who he is. Um, I, I can't imagine that hurt his cause, right? Um, and you know, by everything we've heard, you know, by what Alvin said today, um, the meeting went really well. And um, and you know, I, I think you know it, it 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 could not have done anything bad for him. We'll put it that way. Cam Jordan, uh, two year contract extension. What does this mean for the all-time sacks leader in Saints history? What does it mean for the Saints? I mean, obviously it's a feel-good story because it's a guy who's, who's been there for his entire career. He says he'd like to retire a Saint. Uh, he's still playing at a high level, but at 34, how much is left in the tank? Is this a good deal in both directions? Yeah, I think you could make an argument from a football standpoint, um, just from a pure analytical standpoint, that it's probably not a smart deal for the Saints part, okay. right? Um, I, I think you see like a lot of 
NFL teams, like take these these players who have been you know, these great con- uh, contributors to their team, you know, model citizens, and they say thank you for your service. Uh, but you know, we want to get out while the getting's good, right? Um, but I don't think the Saints operate that way. And while it might while it might end up being maybe a poor business decision, I think maybe because like we you know people keep waiting for Cam to fall off a cliff and he just racks up like eight sack seasons, like nobody's business. Right, so maybe it ends up being a bad business decision, but I, I, I do appreciate a franchise for operating this way and rewarding its, its players who've you know, given literally everything they have. Like Cam is like 100% what they're supposed to be like. Um, he is all effort all the time. He gets the most out of everything. He's got yeah, his like pretty prodigious physical gifts. He's always there. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, the guy is, is really literally like a pillar in the community. Hmm. I, you know, I, he, he doesn't like publicize this and he doesn't you know go out of his way to be like, oh, look at me, look at the good I'm doing. But every Tuesday, they're off day. I mean, he goes and picks a different school in the community. And he just shows his face and runs around and plays with the kids at recess. I, I mean, he looks like a 6'5", 290-pound child, you know, wow. playing tag. And the cameras aren't there, but he's out doing it. He's out working with yeah, the Crescent City Corps and Youth Empowerment Project and all these organizations yeah, through his own foundation, God is Love. And, um, I mean, he, the guy gives everything he has. And if you've ever met Cam Jordan, you know it is an awful lot. So, yeah, you could say, yeah, two years from now, they're going to regret paying him, you know, whatever it was, $13 million, because uh, that's a lot to pay a 36-year-old defensive end at the end of his career. But I, I would argue that they're... Uh, Friggin' billion dollar organization, and they can make moves like this sometimes to, to reward a guy who's been everything for them. Yeah, there's really something to that. Cool, cool story. Thanks for sharing that about Cam Jordan. Um, last thing, minute and a half or so left. Um, what stood out to you through you know a week or so of training camp? Is there a storyline that you think is is kind of overarching for for what you've seen so far? You know what? I, I don't think so. I, yeah, I think I think I am. I am pretty excited about the potential of this offense. I feel like I've been saying that for years and just like ruining saying that at the end of the season. Uh, but they, they do have a lot more speed on this offense this year. And it feels like they finally decided, Hey, let's just use that. <laughs> right. So I, I think the potential of this offense is, is really high. Obviously they have to prove that because they've been one of the more boring offenses in the NFL the last two years. But outside of that, man, I, I think this is a, a team that's, that's still yeah, at this point at camp. It's very early on. They're just trying to figure out who they are, right? And they're trying to figure out how to incorporate the new quarterback with some new playmakers and some new pieces kind of across the board um, and how they fare in that regard for the next three or four weeks um, will kind of determine which direction they go. And this is a huge, crucial season for them because they could, they could go any way after this one, depending on how it goes. I think they're going to be a playoff team and win the division. And if they don't do that, there are a lot of big unsettling questions this team's going to have to face this offseason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's either a great season where you're excited about the future or it feels like there's a lot of change that could be on the way. So uh, fascinating times. Uh, Luke, as always, thanks for your time. Good catching up. Look forward to talking to you soon. Yep, my pleasure. Talk to you later. Luke Johnson covers the Saints for the New Orleans Times. Picayune. So the Camara suspension is three games. Missed the first three of the year, starting with the uh, the Titans in week one. 
And then the Panthers on the road in week two and the Packers on the road in week three. Cam Jordan deal is done. What a cool story that uh, that he shared about yeah. Cam Jordan and kind of his role within the New Orleans community. And uh, Luke has, has maintained what he said to us a few weeks ago, that uh, he thinks this is a playoff team, and he thinks that the Saints win the division in 2023. Hey, that's He's right. Hey, that says, I'm not arguing. I've been telling you 17-0. Yeah. No question about it. Luke joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with you right after this. Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk. Mississippi. <laughs> Richard. So they're they're as we speak are doing their their Oregon Board of Trustees are meeting. No, you're still the in my thunder. No, I was I'm a, stealing it from you because I was about to say I we have to do an emergency winners and losers. I haven't. I didn't know if you had seen it because you're never on Twitter. The Oregon, the chair of the board of trustees, he's on the 14th hole somewhere. He's in the sand. He's having to do this Zoom call on a golf course. <laughs> this is fantastic. Steve Holwerda. <laughs> H-O-L-W-E-R-D-A, chairman of the University of Oregon Board of Trustees, is playing golf while on a Zoom call to to approve Oregon's move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. I love it! That really is fantastic. He literally was in the bunker, right? He's in the sand! (laughs) Yes! He's trying to get up and down to save poor and save Oregon athletics at the same time. <laughs> you know, maybe he just felt like it was a, this call was a formality. He's like, look, do you know how hard we've worked the last few days? Do you know how physically, mentally, emotionally... What has he done? Okay, mentally and emotionally taxing the last few days have been. And <laughs> it's Friday afternoon and I'm either. playing golf, by golly. This is your kind of guy. I don't think he has on socks, just from the, the angle of this picture. Eh, it's probably no shows. He's got the. Uh. Mm. <laughs> He's got his glove on. <laughs> He's still got the glove on. You, you see the picture of him on the golf course? Yeah, yeah. He's got the, he's got the, uh, the, 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 the wedge. I don't know if it's a genteel <laughs> shirt, you know, but yeah. well, you know. I don't Not know everybody. that they've got the Oregon licensing yet, but we'll get. The, we're going to get there with them. They're going to. <laughs> Somebody you know, posted the, confer- <laughs> the gif of George Bush golfing. You know when he said, "We're going to get Osama bin yeah. Laden." Now watch this drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of your national football writers are live tweeting this call that's happening, including Oregon President John Carl Scholes. Quote: A few minutes ago, we were provided an invitation to join the Big Ten Conference. I urge us to accept that opportunity. Don't you think the president of the board is like, um, yeah, can we go ahead and vote on that real quick? Yeah. I... 
So I got somebody is... trying to play through. Let's go. Yeah. This somebody is, uh... yells four, they get confused. <laughs> wow. All the votes four. 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 This is great. Provided to uh, an invitation to uh, to join the Big Ten. Con- the Pac-12, they're a glorified crew. I say we pick up the pieces and do business with whatever's left. <laughs> you think he's writing down notes with the little the little pencil that comes? He's got the pencil. He's on the back of his scorecard. <laughs> That's how am I going to keep scorecard later? How many, how many of signed, you per year? It's got his, yeah, eight, eighty-six. Here's my name, and on the back, 75 mil per year and over 12 years. <laughs> All the details are on the scorecard. How do you want to keep it? Greg Sankey having this meeting while running. That's what he likes to do, right? He's a runner. He just yeah, he got the, the selfie too, stick out there. Oh, yeah, but, you know, running is what that man is known for. He ran for like a 1,000 straight days or something. Mm-hmm. So just out there with the selfie stick one morning. You know, changing the landscape of college football. The, the chairman oh. of the board is going to go to somebody else in his group. Hey, I need somebody else to keep up with the math on the Wolf game. i got to take some notes while I'm on this call. <laughs> Shouldn't be more than about five minutes, though. We don't have a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> it, all the work's done. i got to jump on here, guys, though. Sorry. He's got a T behind his ear. You know? <laughs> Jeez. Because is, uh, Oregon can't get a YouTube stream working, they might restart the meeting while where they join the Big Ten while the chairman is in the middle of golfing. I mean, they, they had to tell him this meeting was happening. He couldn't cancel? This must be a heck of a golf course he's playing. He's like, I can't get another date here. I can't get another tee time. I have to do this. But, but why not? It's Friday afternoon. All the work is done. Why, why, why do I need to sit in the office to do a call where like all I got to do is say yes, we accept? Who is this person, by the way? We do we know we do we do we know his name? I gave you his name a second ago, Steve. But what does Polwarda? he do? Board of Trustees Steve Chair. Steve Madden. He's the board, of, the University of Oregon Board of Trustees Chair. He is the principal owner and a managing director for Ferguson Wellman Capital Management. Yeah, he's not doing anything. I don't on know. Fridays. I, not on, not on Friday yeah. afternoon. Hey, by the way, no, no, I, I don't no, know no. what day it's going to happen, but hey, Dad, I have us. The, the Florida State story is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. When they're talking about bringing in, bringing in private investment money to help them get out of the ACC. So Hunter Carpenter, former Ole Miss basketball player, lives and works in Dallas. He is one of the principals at Redbird Capital. And okay. Redbird Capital is one of the private equity firms that has invested in professional sports teams. They've got a stake in Fenway Sports Group. They've got a stake in one of the EPL teams. And so I'm going to sure. – we're going to get him on and we're going to say, how in the heck could this work for college athletics? Like I get it sure. for professional That's- sports, right? rising franchise values, yeah. rising media rights deals – How's a private equity firm going to get its money out? Blue Horseshoe loves Florida State. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, um, by the oh, way. Oh, man. Money well, never well, sleeps. I can't wait. While we were all um, focused just for a moment on what was happening with the University of Oregon and their board chairman playing golf while approving a move to the Big Ten, 
we also mm-hmm. got news that Arizona, oh, I'm sorry, not Arizona, Arizona State and Utah have formally applied for membership to the Big 12. You ever seen war games? This is we're playing thermonuclear global war here. Just real time simulation of college football imploding. The season starts in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm Oregon State when they play the Civil War this year, I'm I am just throwing the rule book out. I'm going out there with brass knuckles and glass taped to my fist. We're 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 gonna put an end to Oregon the Oregon Ducks. Oh, you're going to leave us? Watch this. Pull out the black powder rifles. We'll do a real Civil War, exactly. boys. We'll, we'll show you how it's done. Mm. Mm. President of the university hits somebody with, with Perry the platypus, the trophy. Was it you earlier this week who brought up the point that a year ago... We were opining about where Iowa State and Kansas State would end up. Yes! That the Big 12 was the one that was going to be circling the drain, and it was almost over for them. Instead, they're going to be the third most powerful conference. Because I think the ACC isn't long for this world either. All right, so so, uh, I was thinking about this last night for a second. Do you know how good Big 12 basketball is going to be starting next year? That's going to be really tough. Really tough. I mean, Baylor and Texas Tech and Iowa State sometimes and Oklahoma State sometimes and Kansas and Houston and Arizona. Kansas State was in the Elite Eight last year, right? Or were they in the Final Four? They made a run. All right, this this is where we're headed, right? Starting next season. now Arizona. Yeah. Your 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 Big Twelve is now going to be Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Kansas, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. A lot going on. That's a good conference. That's a basketball super league. That is to college basketball what the SEC is to football. I think it'll be a pretty good football league, too. Yeah, it should be all right. Like, who's the football team in there? Who's, like, if I look, pick from those teams right now, who's the 2024 Big 12 football champion? Ooh, 2024. I mean, no, you, I Oklahoma no State idea. feels like the Oklahoma State feels like it's the right one because they've been the most consistent. Aranda could put together a team that's really, really good. But what if Arizona State or Arizona? You know, Arizona is picking. I mean, they picked up that five-star kid from in-state. The Ole Miss decommitment, the four-star quarterback. He's committed to Arizona now. They're putting together a program. There, Jed Finch looks like he's got things going the right way. I mean, that's going to be a wide open, exciting football conference to watch. How about Arizona now with four of their league partners in the state of Texas? Does that open up some uh, doors we, in recruiting? That... We, 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 we just missed something. Utah will win that league. Next year? Kyle Whittingham might, Kyle Whittingham might be the guy who dominates that league. Hmm. 
What a day. Sports See, Talk Mississippi. You found a way to get me engaged. We started talking about games via realignment. Should we do that with the Big Ten next? Do it. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. So you're in a conference? It's time to jump! It is unanimous. Oregon has unanimously voted to join the Big Ten. Somewhere between the 12th and 13th holes and wherever that guy is, <laughs> Oregon is now a member of the Big Ten. He stopped to what grab a, a, a Mick Ultra and uh, you know, finalized the votes. <laughs> I, need, I need a Mick Ultra, a ham and cheese club sandwich, and uh, we're going to join the Big Ten. Has right. anybody seen I'm the out. beverage cart? Hasn't it been like six holes? They came by. You were you were approving the <laughs> move to the, the Big phone. Ten. You missed it. <laughs> you didn't get me anything. <laughs> You're changing the, the landscape of college I football. A Nick Ultra. <laughs> Jeez. Uh ceasefire text line. Does this count as a Friday afternoon news dump? Yes. No. No. It's almost five. I understand, but this was this was not. They were not trying to bury this news today. The Friday afternoon wow. news dump is you're trying to bury a story and it doesn't grab any attention. This was the opposite of that. It just happened to be Friday when it all happened. Um, you guys are on an 80s movies kick. Gordon Gecko and Wargraves. Greed is good. It is, that's it. Greed will save the Pac-12 conference. Too late. Uh, I missed it. What league would FSU move to? See, to me, that's the most interesting question there is. Does so next Florida week, State have a spot anywhere? Next week, we need to have two different people in here. I don't know who covers Florida State, but we'll find a guy. And then we need our old friend James Crepia, who covers the Ducks. We need yeah. to get him on board with us next week. So yeah. we'll make that happen for sure. Uh, and a guy that's, um, that runs the collective for Florida State. That, that guy's gonna be busy. You know, we, uh, he's we'll, gonna be we'll offering out IPOs and you know, six yeah. cents a share for Seminole volleyball. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg, I think this was in response to him being on the phone while doing the, um, the 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 conference call. That should tell you what he thinks about the Pac-12. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wayne and Brandon says now if Richard could just do a show from the golf course, I mean. Don't don't tempt him. Don't don't tempt the man to do things like that. He'll be out there every week at that point. I missed some of these earlier. Uh, David said part of the reason that the uh, power went out earlier is because you had the air at sixty degrees in the studio. I do not do that. It's it's actually cold in this studio at most times. Mm. Erlo um, is the guy controlling the air, man. He keeps it chilly in here. Could hang meat in his studio. All right, hey, Dad, so your 2024 
Big mm-hmm. Ten. And I said this earlier, I feel like it deserves to be said again. Not only do we have a complete new landscape for conferences, we're going to a 12-team playoff to determine a national yes. champion. Yes. Mass, mass hysteria. Can we just yes. skip this You're season? Tw- I can't wait until next summer for us to talk about all this again. Hey, Dad. Let's let's just go ahead and make 2024, 2023. Because I think State has a chance in 2023 to be in a 12-team playoff. I don't know about next year with them replacing everybody. Um, whoa, 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 wait, what? Tw- you think State Mississippi State, be- if there was a 12-team playoff this year, has a chance to make the playoff? Yeah, I would say, yeah. They have a chance. They could keep it interesting into mid-October, I think. Okay. This is the guy who picked Ole Miss third in the West, and defense got more holes than a colander. Yeah, but they got Pete Golding as a coordinator now. No, they got Pete Golding, you know. When you can get a guy who looks like he did, they just drug him out of uh, the Sigma Chi house at 4 in the morning. you got to hire him. Uh, the 2024 Big Ten <laughs> champion. What is that? Look at the guy. He, he, looks like, he looks like an active who's just been there for like 16 years. Yeah, he's just living his best life. Hey, he and the guy at the Oregon golf course. Uh, the 2024 Big Ten champion is probably still Ohio State. We talked a little bit about this the other day, like what would UC, USC and UCLA look like this year in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. And with Caleb Williams gone, I don't know that you know I can sit there and project. I'm sure they'll recruit well. I'm sure they'll have some guy ready to go. And a portal quarterback would be very attractive to USC, and a, a quarterback would want to play for Lincoln Riley. That's a guy who just all he does is make you a Heisman Trophy winner and the number one pick in the draft. So they, they'll 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 have the pick of the litter. For whoever that is, you know, what if what if Quinn Ewers says I'm going to come back for another year? Does Arch Manning go? Well, then maybe I uh, need to head on down the road. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. The Big Ten in so Ohio State probably, but USC will be a factor. Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue. UCLA, Southern Cal, Wisconsin, Maryland. I think I already said Maryland. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. And, uh, oh, by the way, Oregon and Washington. 18 teams. Who knows if it stops there? What does this do for that flex schedule thing they rolled out a couple of months ago? College football fix coming up next. One more. Oh. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, you know what that means. Welcome to the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi. 
One last hour of the work week with you. Alongside Brian Haydad and Will East, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Need to cool off this weekend. How about Geyser Falls Water Park? Really good chance you'll see Brian Haydad there. He is more than happy to sign your bathing suit if you're looking for an autograph. You can uh, learn more about the water park at uh, geyserfalls.com, geyserfalls.com, or pearlriverresort.com. they got the lazy river. they got the slides. they got the wave pool. They've got the refreshments. They've got the big bucket that dumps water on your head. They've got it all at Geyser Falls. Do they have a sharpie? What? what? You better bring your. <laughs> what am I? What? You, you better. You, you better bring your own, your own sharpie. sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were some reading it. You were reading it. Some terms and conditions apply to that uh, that particular offer. To that particular offer, I was. Uh, I asked Will during the break. Do you think George Klyovkov has officially been fired yet? What an what a what an, what an idiot. What a loser! Good, good. More for us. Is is there anybody yeah. left to fire him? That's a good question. Who fired? He goes like, into the officers' his papers flying around. You know, he's so. doing the Travolta right now. He's just looking around. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a flickering light. You know? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> Who's the athletic director at Stanford? Get on the horn. You're fired, dude. You can't fire me. I quit. I mean, this at the least, a, a vote that. of no confidence. <laughs> hey, what's, just, what's less than no confidence? What's negative confidence? So what like, you're telling me <laughs> is you have had this job for 14 months, and in 14 months, eight of the 12 teams that called this home when you arrived have now Are bought gone. new houses. You need to They've... get him in the hot dog suit so you can just be sitting there like, you know, look, we're all trying to figure out who did this. Hmm. Uh, shall this we get guy. to the college football fix? Yeah. Let's do it. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. They've got the summer sales event going on, and that means that uh, there's good savings for you on Ford SUVs and, of course, the Ford F-150. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. I've got some actual football news for you. (laughs) What? In this economy? So, <laughs> T-Bob Abair's tweet made me laugh so hard. And he he, he had a screenshot of Nick Saban walking off the stage from behind the podium after his press conference yesterday, and he was grinning ear to ear. I'm talking Cheshire Cat. And T-Bob says, this makes me very afraid. <laughs> Yeah. If if Nick Saban is smiling on August the third, perhaps we should all be uh, aware of what is coming. Uh, but he did have a uh, a bit of a serious tone. He he was preemptive yesterday in his opening statement of his uh, press conference. He said, "This uh, guys, you're going to ask me about the quarterbacks every day." 
and every day I'm going to tell you the same thing. You know, everybody's getting reps at the position. Somebody's got to take the bull by the horns. Somebody's got to separate themselves. When that happens, we'll tell you. We'll be glad to tell you when we're going to take the cake out of the oven. We will tell you when it's the time, all right? But until then, there's really nothing to talk about. There's nothing to say. So there's not a whole lot of sense in asking about it because we want all the guys, when they're in there, you play the position like it's yours, like it belongs to you. You're out there competing. You're not looking over your shoulder. You're not worrying about what somebody else does. You're playing like you're the man. And that's what we want each guy to do and see who can do that with the most consistency. So. Smiling. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Will the Alabama press corps follow the suggestion of Nick Saban and not ask about the quarterback battle with each opportunity they have to talk to Lord Saban? Will they respect his decision? I think not. I think not. I think that will get asked quite often. And uh, we'll see how long Saban keeps a smile on his face doing that. But but Nick Saban smiling at you, that's like turning around and seeing a great white shark just sitting there ready to get you, man. That that's that, I'm with T Bob. You know, go put your money down right now. Bet your bottom dollar. Alabama's winning the national title and Saban is smiling like that. Not good. Um th- does somebody start a question by Hey, Coach, you know you tell your offensive linemen not to get caught holding, but sometimes they get caught for holding anyway, even though you've told them not to. Um, that's kind of like this. I know you've told me not to ask this question, but i got to ask it anyway. Yeah. Any update on the quarterback battle? Yeah. Coach, you've been known to argue with officials from time to time when they get a call wrong, uh, so you have no problem arguing with me when I ask you, how are the quarterbacks doing? Does it turn into a game? Can, can he be playful I as he goes through camp? It could. It could. It could. It could. It, assuming that things are going well for him in camp, which I assume they will because it's Alabama. By the way, the um, the videos that surfaced from – and they were allowed. They weren't illegal videos. Uh, that surfaced from Alabama's practice yesterday that showed all three quarterbacks throwing in drills, those got a lot of views. There were a lot uh, of people sure that did. were trying to – uh, decide who the starter should be based on the release in T-shirts and shorts and helmets from Jalen Milrow and Tyler Buckner and uh, Ty Simpson. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alabama opens with Middle Tennessee State on September 2nd, and then uh, the Texas Longhorns are coming to town. By the way, that's a non-conference game, just in case you've lost track. Well, apparently they got the Washington uh, Board of Trustees off the uh, the paddle board or whatever it is they were doing. <laughs> they were they rowing the boat. The, uh, they, they, they were just out there in the Puget Sound having a lovely day, and now they have joined the Big Ten. Uh, the uh, University of Oregon has already gone to Twitter and, yes. uh, and, yes. and tweeted a graphic with the Oregon logo with Big Ten and said big things are coming. B1G. Does... Does the Big Ten change its name now that it's the Big 18? Okay, so we have to talk about this because the Big 12 has this. This has they got to find something. I don't know what they call it. 
I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not a part of a marketing firm or a, a brand consulting firm. I will be for a nominal fee. Well, Cross and Haydad uh, marketing firm can be a thing. LLC mm-hmm. consulting, but not marketing consulting. Consulting. Call it what you will. But yes, they have to change the name because this is just silly. Now you're going to have closer to twenty than ten. Mm-hmm. What, what, we can't round down anymore. You know, we have a rounding down to ten when they had fourteen. Now, now we got to round up. We got to go to twenty. But there is so much brand identity, far more than there is for the Big Twelve yeah. in Big Ten and B One G. The Big Twelve can change it, and it's nobody cares. So then, just call it the Big Conference. What would you change the name to if you're talking about the Big Twelve? I just gave it to, oh, the Big 12. Uh, do they have a California school? They don't, right? No. Can we call it the Midwest Conference? Well, we had the great Midwest Conference years ago. I don't know that that's necessarily what they're looking forward to. I, and they've also the got the University Midwest. of Central Florida as part of the league. Ah, uh, they got Florida. they got the East Coast team, yeah. All right, all right. Back to the drawing board with that one. That's all right. That was just our first, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. Get the whiteboard out. We'll just, whatever you whatever say, whatever comes out to you, just say it. Say it out loud. I, I'm going to guess that they don't change the names. That they, they keep that kind of so stylized XII for the Big 12. And B1G stays with the Big 10. And once again, the SEC, with its forward thinking, didn't attach a number to its name and can... Right. Can, can live in perpetuity. That's right. We don't worry about math down here in the Southeastern Conference. You know what's coming up next? Not realignment talk. Oh, a reprieve. Let's <laughs> eat. It's a food Friday on the other side of this break in the Pearl River Resort Studios. And named him rock and roll. Talk Mississippi continues. Two things from Twitter that I saw during the break, then we'll jump into a Food Friday from Adam Rittenberg at ESPN. Um, He says there is a line from a Big Ten official that I heard earlier today that continues to resonate, and that is they are running this whole thing, referring to television networks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to agree with what uh, my friend Stephen Godfrey said. Like, Adam, you work for ESPN. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, that's your employer that's doing this. What are you, Why are you acting like it's all a secret? Yeah. Like, we don't know who it is. And, and, and how, why is that resonating with you so much? How have you not had that thought already? The whole time, since like two years ago. And uh, the other thing that I saw, um, they have already somebody has already reached out. Maybe it was Stewie Mandel 
has already reached out to um, the executive, Bill Hancock, asking if they will still honor six automatic qualifying spots for the 12-team college football <laughs> playoff in 2024. And mm-hmm. he said it is too early to tell our mm-hmm. college football playoff yeah, yeah. board of managers and executives will make the decisions that need to be made at the time they need to be made. Paraphrasing there. So so be it. Hey. Can't wait for media days next year. should be fun. Wouldn't you rather there be seven at-large spots than six? I, I would. I absolutely would. Eight at-large spots? I, it just we'll, we'll see. Somebody said... The, the deal that needs to be made is the Pac-12 and the Mountain West work out a deal to absorb each other, still call it the Pac-12, and that way the Pac-12 has has the autonomy and has the automatic bid. Hmm. Don't change anything. Just add add the Mountain West teams to the Pac-12. Call it the Pac-12. But you get the exit fee stuff. for I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's for somebody else smarter than us to work out. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. And uh, be sure to check out the Collegiate Collection as we get ready for the college football season. Officially licensed merchandise from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and others. You can also get 25% off with an end-of-season sale that they've got going on some of the items that you can find on their website. That's Genteel Apparel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And with that, we tell you that it is time for a Food Friday. Yes! Food Friday, brought to you by Polk's. Polk's Meat Products, polksmeat.com. When you go to the grocery store, be sure that you are looking for the Polk's Meat Product Packaging. It's that bright yellow label with the blue Polk's and kind of the script on there trimmed in red. Whether you're looking for the smoked sausage or the ham steaks or any of the other products that they make available, you will not be disappointed. You can see the full list of products that are available and where you can buy them on their website. Also find some great recipe ideas at Polk's. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Hey, Dad. Well, what are you cooking this off, weekend, baby? We all, we've got Will here. Will, we have winners and losers. That has music. We have College Football Fix. That has music. Hunter Teams has music. We need a Food Friday music. We need you to do something. Do like a, uh, I don't know, what, should I, what kind of music are you thinking? We can whiteboard it later. Know. There are no bad ideas when we're brainstorming. We just need but, music. But right now, yeah, we need something. We, we've mentioned this to, Brian, to uh, Michael Borky about 137 times, and he has clearly not asked you to uh, activate <laughs> on that request. So we're just the bringing one guy who to the works top. with you in the same building. We'll, we'll, but we'll do it from for remotely here. Okay, we appreciate right. that. I'll put that on the list. So, all right then, <laughs> on the list. I can't wait. It's right there. Hey, Dad, what are you cooking? David Letterman there. Uh, I'm gonna go with some wings this weekend. I got a Ooh. five pound box of wings. So we're gonna break out the old charcoal vortex that we like with the uh, with the wings, and I will. I think I'll do some different kinds. You know, I'd have to I'll have to do them in stages because that's a lot of wings. But uh, we'll do some buffalo wings, some barbecue, maybe some jerk wings. I have some jerk sauce and seasoning in the ha- in the house. Shouldn't so. be hard for you to find. <laughs> took you a minute, but a you second. laughed. No, no, no. I got it right off the bat. It took I got me it. a second. The jerk store called. And they're out of you. Why, <laughs> Why Richard? You're their top seller. Uh, 
<laughs> Thanks, Costanza. I really, I really want. I really want to make the next joke, but it's just it's crude. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, wings. I think I'll throw some pork sausage on as well, a little Cajun style for me. I haven't had I haven't had smoked sausage the past couple of weeks, so let's do that as well. Little little appetizer. Oh, and I'm doing yeah, you, some. Uh, what you said? Five pounds of wings. You said it's a lot of wings. Uh, per, uh, approximately how many wings are in a five pound box of wings? I gotta go look. I don't know. Looks like a lot. I set them out to thaw, but I didn't count them. I mean, would you guess thirty or a hundred? Oh, it's much closer to a hundred than it is thirty. There's a lot of wings in there. Mm. Yeah. How many will you eat? Oh, let me see how many calories are in a party wing. I don't know. <laughs> stop! Stop! Stop going to your app. Grilled party wing. Uh, oh, it says 48 calories per serving, but it doesn't say what a serving is, so mm, I'll okay. figure that out. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm also, but on the other side of the healthy for you uh, th- uh, debate, I'm going to do some uh, bacon cheese fries. So make Ooh. a little homemade cheese sauce, fry up some yeah. bacon, some French fries. There we go. Will, what about you? I know you are not exactly Chef Boyardee at your house. What no. are the uh, what are the eating plans for the weekend, if not cooking plans? I'm going to try to convince my wife to make some chicken Slovakia. So that's, Ooh, that's seasoned chicken. Uh, mm-hmm. Get some pita bread, and then she yes. makes a great tzatziki sauce. Yes, or you, or you could do feta. Which I like no. the feta more. Okay. She likes the tzatziki, and she makes a good one. Um, and then there's a, maybe there's a T at the beginning of that word. Yeah, there's right a T at there. Yes. And then, uh, for dessert, I'm going to see if she'll make her famous key lime pie. Ooh. Okay. Which the first time she ever made it for me, she used her grandfather's ancient recipe and he told her over the phone, he gave the recipe over the phone. This is what you need to put in there. And he told her, um, uh, one half cup of lemon juice. Or lime juice, sorry, lime juice. One half cup of lime juice. And she interpreted that as one and a half cups. So when we shared this beautiful looking key lime pie, our teeth were were chattering. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That is a little uh, tart. Yeah, it's a little tart. Hey, so I I, uh, I fast forwarded Food Friday to uh, to Food Tuesday this week. So after we get off the show on yeah. uh, on, if we're being honest, every day is a food day. I, I I don't go a day without eating. Yeah, but I just mean in terms of the grill. I'm not oh. saying I'm not going to light it again this weekend, but I'm telling you what instead of telling you what I'm going to do, I'll tell you what I'm about I did. To say, I didn't, you know, went saw Greg at LBs. And I got four nice mid-sized fillets. And when we went to the beach earlier this summer, there's a uh, there's a, a a catering place in kind of old Destin called Sarah K's Gourmet. Sarah, the letter K apostrophe Gourmet, and they make the best crab cakes that I have ever gotten mm. in my life. So Saturday morning. As we were getting ready to leave the beach, there was a, a farmer's market that was in Seaside, and there was a Sarah Kay's tent there. And so I was like, hey, do you happen to have crab cakes? She's like, yeah, we've got them frozen, you know, it's hot out there. They, you know, So they're already frozen. So we took them, put them straight in the cooler, and have had them in the, the freezer since we got home. So I did kind of a surf and turf 
or did crab cakes in the oven and then did uh, fillets and asparagus on the grill and uh, sliced up the fillets. So it was like sliced fillets with uh, crab cakes, and it was, whew, oh, so, so good. So I only mention the place in um, Destin is if you're ever down there and, like, you're wanting to do a, a, a cook-in night at the beach, the crab cakes from Sarah Kay's are 100% worth it. They are spectacular. By the way, we'd love to know what you're doing on the grill this weekend as well. You can uh, send us your message on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. New connect and protect plan from ceasefire. It's exactly what it sounds like. Connecting your kids because you know they want a phone, but protecting them as well. Uh, Location monitoring for the uh, kids. You can take care of what they're seeing and what they're not seeing. You can limit screen time, the whole deal. Learn more online at cspire.com. Cspire customer inspired. Again, that's 601-879-4395. Let us know what your plan to cook is for the weekend. I'm thinking I'm going to do a couple of whole chickens, like the uh, the inverted chickens on the grill where you kind of smoke them. Some people call it beer can chicken. I've got the little stand that they, they go on. Um, that's my plan for the weekend. It's called you're too bougie to drink beer out of a can. You don't have any beer cans. I didn't say that. I just have the little metal rack that I know. I'm I'm, I'm just telling the, the audience store. how life is. Right. Anyway, so uh, good stuff. We'll go to the ceasefire text line and uh, continue our Food Friday presented by Polks coming up right after this on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Loving the ceasefire text line. CC in Sinatobia earlier said playing golf and making that deal is okay. Now, if he had been playing hacky sack with some hippies in the quad, it would be a different story. I'd be more on brand for Oregon. Yeah, eating an alfalfa sprout sandwich. We uh, we had milk. some we had some suggestions for what the music bed should be for Food Friday. One was for the cha cha. Cha cha. We had a couple of that suggested that Weird Al Just Eat It should be the uh, route that we go. So I suggested another Weird Al. I suggested My Bologna, right? My, 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 my Bologna. But actually, hey, Dad, and I figured it out. We have found it. We've got the song. We've got the song. Do you want me to reveal it now, or do you want me to... Because it may be a week or so. Yeah, I mean, we can have workshop it. I mean, I might hate it. No, I think you'll like it. You won't. It's really good. It's one no. I've never heard before, but it's by, I'll give you a hint, it's it's by Sammy Kershaw. Okay. You remember Sammy That's Kershaw? Right. Queen of my double wide trailer. Here we go. <laughs> yes. yes, I've heard of it. Uh, there, there was one, uh, Dan in Hattiesburg suggested uh, Hank Williams, Hey, Good Looking. That's a good one. We like that. I think I think the Sammy Kershaw one that I found, it's not the one that Hey, hey Dad just said. It's another song. I won't reveal it, no. but it, it's perfect. It's about grilling. It's perfect. Jim Plus, Hernando said, how about Cheeseburger in Paradise? I like, yeah, I know you, Richard, you're big on the 
the buffet, the buffet. Which? No, that's I'm big on the buffet. <laughs> You're on the buff, buffet. He's on the buffet, right? He's the. <laughs> if we ever did a commercial with like the differences with me and Richard, you got State and Ole Miss. You got yeah, he's dressed <laughs> better. But then buffet, buffet versus like, Buffett. I love Jimmy Buffett. Hey, Dad goes. I love buffet. I love the buffets. <laughs> He's oh, holding yeah. a margarita and a cheeseburger. Mm. I got a plate full of boiled shrimp. <laughs> there was uh, there was one other suggestion. That commercial at Seafood <laughs> Junction. Good Lord. Or maybe I got to all of them. Uh, all right. Some of what you are cooking on the grill this weekend. Justin in Tupelo, smoked chicken thighs with homemade au gratin potatoes. He's got them on the grill already. Those look fantastic. I love all gratin potatoes, too, so I'd be all over that. Um, hey, Dad, you need to try some smoked wings. Smoked wings are the best. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I do here. I'm going to indirectly grill them, and there'll be yeah. some smoke involved. Uh, Let's see here. My dad brought me a pack uh, back some king salmon fillets from his fishing trip in Alaska last week. Oh, those are gorgeous! Yeah, I that's mean, the kind of color that you, know, you can't quite get when they dye it at the grocery store. That's that's the real <laughs> deal right there. Wow, I mean, those look amazing. Uh, the way that Brandon yeah. says we call it drunken chicken and use a can of Coors. I think he's talking about Coors Original, the banquet beer. The banquet beer. Taste Greg and Jackson says, hey, Dick, use Dr. Pepper. I think that's for me. <laughs> Just say it out loud. Uh, Jeff, thanks for the message. I'm going to pass on reading that one over the air. Uh, Jeff in Pontotoc. Formerly of Oxford, does canning <laughs> corn. Oh, I just read it, Jeff. Come on, oh, man. Jeff, come on. Come on, man. D- does canning corn count on a food Friday? Because that's all we're going to be doing uh, this weekend. You going to shuck some peas, oh, too? Ugh, takes you back. There you go. Um, tomato pie, just out of the oven. Are you a tomato pie fan? Nah, not me. It's not my favorite. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's got mozzarella cheese and pepperoni on top of it. (laughs) Is 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 that what you call it? Yeah. There you go. Uh, What else we have? Smoking chickens on the green. Oh, yeah. The picture included of chickens on the green egg. That skin looks good and crispy. Can't wait to get hold of that. That looks great. It does. Uh, Flank steak, medium rare. With garlic rosemary butter, fresh purple whole peas, crispy Parmesan potatoes, and a Caesar salad. That is from Paige in Wesson. Yeah. I'm eating there, sure. Uh, Jay from Weir, smoked pork loin with an apple stuffing wrapped in bacon and lightly drizzled with honey. Says it is a sweet and savory explosion. Sure. All right. All right. Jason in Hattiesburg, I picked up some fresh jumbo gulf shrimp off the boat today. Going to use them to do grilled Hawaiian shrimp skewers. Pineapple, mushroom, bell pepper, onion, and coconut on skewers. Going to hit it with a honey mango glaze at the end of the cook. For sides, we will have cilantro lime rice and strawberry vinaigrette salad featuring homegrown cherry tomatoes. That's from Jason and Petal. Jason going all out. 
That is, uh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, Larry in Mize, Rig- uh, Richard, are you really bougie? You better say yes. Um, like Natty in a styrofoam cup, Larry. Nah. <laughs> Uh, Lonnie. You do own a lot of styrofoam cups. Yes, I do. 24 ounce only. <laughs> I know. I know all, I, I know all about the specifics. He, he is a styrofoam snob. Will I buy them by the case? Like, I, I, I order I order a case of 500 styrofoam cups from, from Amazon. I synced it. If there was anywhere local that I could buy 24-ounce styrofoam cups, I would buy them locally. I just don't know where to do that. So it has to be like your your tinfoil. It has to be a certain certain. I thought we had somebody, because we had this discussion last year. Oh, we did, didn't we? Somebody reached out to you and said they could hook you up. You need to go find that. If you're still listening, Richard didn't get it. It was somebody in South Panola, wasn't it, in Batesville? It was Panola Paper Company, which I think is based in Clarksdale. Or maybe it is in Batesville. You need. I don't remember. You need. I forgot to, you about need that. If you're listening, get up with Richard. He's sorry he didn't. He didn't take advantage of this the first time. Feel yeah, free gotta, to charge him more. He's got it. Got a couple others. Uh, garlic and brown sugar brine grilled chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Ooh. Smitty and Oxford's doing a shrimp today. boil. With Royal Red Shrimp oh, and Grouper yeah. that came back from the beach. Royal Reds. Man. So good. Uh, stuffed bell peppers and smoked meatloaf. Ma! Same. Yeah. I uh, grilled a huge beef tenderloin, medium rare, with peaches and cream corn on the cob and sweet potatoes on the smoker. Oh, what's that? Peaches and cream some, some, corn on the cob. Uh, is the are the peaches with the the, the tenderloin? Or are they with the cream corn? I, either way, I'm not seeing where the peaches fit. Like maybe they just be separate. We have them for dessert. Maybe they're just missing a cob. Ice cream. Maybe it's beef tenderloin, okay. peaches and cream, corn on the cob, and sweet potatoes. Nah, I think you're on to something there. Okay. Okay. Uh, t- 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 last thing, too hot to grill. That's from Price. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use what I, 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 I love the no context flare Twitter account because I can always tweet it, tweet something, and it's like pretend it's Richard talking to me. And there was one last week where uh, Flair is talking to Mick Foley, and he just looks at him and goes, "You are a whiny, pathetic human being." And my comment was, when I tell Richard I'm not grilling on a fruit a food Friday. So there you go. But that makes me Ric Flair talking to you. You are you are Ric Flair in all of those instances, yes. Okay. And that's why I try to fire back at, from the No Context Dusty Rhodes account, and I get to be the American Dream talking back to you, Daddy. All right, so apparently peaches and cream corn on the cob is a sweet variety of corn on the cob. Never heard of such. Nor have I. But I am all in on trying it. Bubba and Starkville going to the four-week dry-aged ribeye, olive oil, garlic, salt, black pepper, rare, twice-baked potatoes, steamed broccoli Mm -hmm. with hollandaise, garlic bread, and Caesar salad. Bubba, I want to be your friend. Yeah, I need his number. I've eaten at Bubba's house. You have? I have. That that was a top-shelf food Friday. 
One of the we best did ever. We did good guys. Thank you for your participation. Daryl and Brookhaven says, wow, Food Friday rocks. I wasn't hungry. <laughs> now I'm starving. Well, bad news for some of you. you uh, you've lost your Food Friday privileges. No shrimp, no steak. You're getting a cheeseburger, just like the Washington State fans. Hmm. <laughs> you, th- you thought you were getting steak and lobster. Instead, you got nothing. You've been realigned. Last one, Cajun stuffed pork chops with baked sweet potatoes and baked okra. All right. Good stuff. Uh, may I make a suggestion? Whatever you're doing on the grill this weekend, make sure that you add some Polk's smoked sausage, whether you go with the Cajun smoked sausage, the garlic and green onion, the original or the original beef smoked sausage. They have got you covered. It is a perfect appetizer. It is a perfect side. And it is a spectacular addition to whatever you are doing for breakfast on Saturday morning. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. When you go to the grocery store, be sure that you are grabbing your Polk's meat products. Food Friday, brought to you by Polk's. We'll put a bow on this show when we come back. You know some girls do. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. You know, when you click on the For You tab on the tweets as opposed to just the ones that you're following. There's never well, they're not chronologically ordered. They just kind of randomly. Pop. I don't, you don't ever, ever do. click on that on that random nonsense. Some of it is. I'm not going to look at what Elon thinks I should see. Yeah, well, some of it's useful. Uh, I'm amused by some of the headlines from nine hours ago. Breaking: Oregon and Washington's exit from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten appears to have lost momentum overnight. Multiple sources tell Nicole Auerbach at the Athletic. Eh. Mm. Oh well. You know, when you get new information, Richard, you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah. Well, that new that new information came fast and furious throughout the day. Yeah, it a did. lot of it during this show. Yeah. Um. I'm tempted to ask you what we learned today. <laughs> it feels like we don't really have enough time. Uh, I will apologize for uh, not getting to any of the 100 teams in 100 days. We had a couple of pretty good ones that were on the uh, docket today, but you know what, hey, Dad? It's not sponsored, so it doesn't really matter. All I have to deal is with your hurt feelings. You know what? They're not even that really that hurt. Who are the teams, though, just just for... Well, I decided that we would skip Northwestern. We missed them, and I just don't care about them. They were 1-11 last year, and they've got an interim head coach. Uh, Miami and Florida were the next two up. Oh, and then uh, the next two after that are Louisiana Tech and Oregon. Topical. Oregon has some uh, has some uh, some juice right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we will uh, we'll we'll play some catch up next week on uh, on that. Man, all sure. kinds sure. of stuff. Sure, we will. On. Nothing else will happen, and we'll just have our normal scheduled days. It'll be great. Well, you know. Um, how's San Diego State feeling right now? 
Smart. Really well, smart. You you think they're glad that they didn't agree to pay a seventeen million dollar exit fee? A penny saved West? is a penny earned. No, you know? it's not seventeen. It's thirty five. It's thirty five million. Whatever it was, it's money they didn't have to spend. Yeah. How many fish tacos you got to sell in San Diego to get thirty five million dollars? Hmm. A lot. Who is um? In all of this conference realignment, who's the biggest winner? The SEC. Oh. The SEC. They're still going to have the better the better teams, the better chance to win a national championships, and their conference makes sense. It's not scattered all over the place like your kids' Legos. It's just there's 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 a harmony to it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, USC is a great ad, but everybody would rather have had Oklahoma and Texas. Those are the be- those are the best two that were out there. Collectively, I agree. Yeah. Co- collectively, this may sound crazy, but I would say that the two additions to the SEC are better than the four that the Big Ten added. And that's not that's not Agreed. knocking those four, but if you want to say collectively. Huh. I would say the SEC came out ahead. Yes. Uh, apparently, the Washington the pace. Yeah. Apparently, the University of Washington president said, even with this move, we remain committed to the Apple Cup and to competing with Washington State across That's all of good. our sports. I like that. I like that. Of course, it's going to be funny when you know Washington is getting sixty million a year from the Big Ten and Washington State is getting five million a year from whatever they're in. And that that rivalry, you know, it's it's already incredibly lopsided in Washington's favor, but it's about to get worse. Also, nothing changes. Now you think about it. In Oregon's news release, in coming years, the University of Oregon will prioritize the long-held traditions, including competition across all sports with Oregon State. See how that pans out. I hope I hope they're being truthful. Yeah. Um. God, can you imagine if those games become bye games? If you're Oregon State and Washington State, isn't that the only way you agree to play them? Yeah, you got to get money out of them. Yeah. I, I hope they're able to set whatever the differences and hurt feelings are aside and continue to play yeah, those games. Because those are a couple of good rivalry games. Bedlam didn't. It did not. Texas, Texas A&M didn't until they had to now. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to get statements from uh, some of the schools that are left behind. Washington State saying they were disappointed, but they'll continue to do the best they can in all that they do. Here's one from Stanford as well. Left behind. Yeah. Our pri- Stanford says our primary focus off. at this time is analyzing the available options and making the best decision for Stanford and our student-athletes. We remain optimistic about Stanford's athletic future and remain committed to pursuing excellence in college athletics. They'll still be good at sailing. What a day. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us. Will, thanks for being with us and filling in for Michael Borky the last couple days. It's been fun, my friend. Yes, Thank sir. You, we will be back with you on Monday. Hope you have a fantastic weekend as we move closer to the start of the actual college football season because this offseason has been unlike any other. For Brian Haydad and Will East, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.